0: This time on Holy Ghost Notes. Your show is awful. Oh my god. Dance, 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 I started crying. I don't drink all the time,
1: but, but now I do. Hello and welcome to the Holy Ghost Notes Podcast. Yo. I'm here with Tim Anderson, my co host. How's it going? How you doing, Tim? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you too. I'm doing well. It's, it's good to be back in my studio. I just got back from Europe 10 days ago. Recording on the road is challenging, especially when I'm in Europe. Yeah. Um, the last episode we did together, I was sitting, I was more so bouncing. <laughs> I was trying to sit <laughs> in the back of the bus <laughs> and I was using my AirPods. Yeah. I wasn't recording into Pro Tools. It's just so nice to be back home. Mm-hmm. and be able to sit in one place without any interruption. Yeah. Um, I don't have to play a show tonight, and I'm rehearsing for Christmas Prince Red, but Yeah, life is pretty normal and routine now. That's good. And um, so it's, it's really good to be back. Tour was, tour was really good. Uh, we were just talking about this in the pre-roll. We had a lot of sold-out shows, which in and of itself makes for a good tour. But alongside of that, one of my highlights was how many people i got to talk to off stage whether it was at the barricade or at the merch table <laughs> i i could write down so many individual stories of just like a funny interaction where i <laughs> i started crying i got so uh Someone made me laugh so hard Just just with like the language barrier itself yeah. You know Someone, someone <laughs> will say something and, uh, Wait, you say? Laugh. <laughs> what did you say? What was that? What was that? You really hated our show But now you're going to go buy all of our merch <laughs> um, Your show was yeah, awful it was, it, I mean it, awesome it was, <laughs> <laughs> I really hate you guys can I have your autograph <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to um I got to pray with quite a few people over there which which was um, a highlight for me personally it's cool yeah, yeah. because do, do you do you know how when you're talking to someone and there's no one else around and you have this conversation or someone tells you something or you, you learn something new about someone else and you walk away and you're like no one will probably ever know that that happened or no one will probably ever know what kind of conversation we just had, mm. except for me and that person right. ever Right? because I can't really reiterate what happened. Like I, I can remember it, but the details, the details are just hard to explain yeah. uh, about someone that you meet at the show who's been listening to you for 10 years and they've been trying to come out and see you. Uh, but they haven't been able to, they're in the air force. They took an Uber <laughs> two and a half hours to to get to the show to see you with their buddies <laughs> Wow! and they used to live in San Diego and now they live in Germany like that's just I'm just pulling from like one detail from one show yeah. one interaction and um, I really like that about my job and it's it's neat coming back from Europe after not being there for three years and seeing so many people that I'm, I'm used to seeing over there that you don't really think about a whole lot when you're home and you're in your basic routine. And then you go back over there and you're like, Oh yeah, that's right. This guy always comes out to the show in Luxembourg and, um, you know, we always get a picture together. It's been a couple of years since we've done that. Or a lot of first timers because it was a co-headline tour with Barry Tomorrow and they have their own set of fans. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hi, how are you? Good. I've never seen you guys before. Never even heard you guys yeah. before. Yeah. That was cool. I like that. That is cool. That's probably something you don't get to so. experience
0: often, at least in the States, right? If you're playing a the, show. Uh, like, first time Yeah, if you're playing a show, thing. pretty much people know who you are. If they, Maybe they're not there to see you. Maybe they're, you know, there to see one of the openers or something, but they know yeah. of you. So it's not like this, like, oh, yeah. my gosh, how have I never heard of you before? That just doesn't, you know, doesn't right. happen, happen very often,
1: <laughs> probably. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. And, and I wish that we had more of that, but it would mean we're on a really big support tour. Mm-hmm. With like Slipknot. Right. And um, I'm hoping that that happens eventually, but you're right. In this industry, in this genre, subgenre, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, metal, metalcore, um, it's not like we're supporting Metallica. Right. There's there, There's only so many people that listen to it. And it's actually a lot of people, but we've been a band for 20 years next year, so. Yeah. It is. That's a good point. And I think it plays into why it is special because Europe is a market that for us is a developing market. Mm-hmm. It's one that we've been investing in. That's been the key word for as long as we've been there. 2008 was our first tour. Go to Europe, invest. Go to Europe, yeah. invest. And we've had quite a few frustrating trips there where it's like people keep telling us to come back here and it's not super easy to tour in europe and a lot of times it's not um it doesn't seem like you're getting much out of it mm. and people say keep investing keep investing you know so when you have any sense of a payoff or a return on investment it feels big yeah and would
0: you say this yeah. tour was a return oh yeah, yeah. that's great we'll
1: see you on the next headline tour mm. that's when you sort of tap into how are these numbers versus sure. our old headline numbers yep. but i think so based on Any sort of, like, metrics, internal metrics that I have, Mm -hmm. how many people were there, what were merch numbers like, did it seem like people were standing there like this at the beginning of the show, Mm -hmm. and by the end, they're, you know, they're excited? Yeah. I think so, for the most part. That's good.
0: You just hit on something really interesting that we've never touched on, and maybe we'll have to actually do this as a topic, Um, but uh, (laughs) I want to talk about it really quickly, um, if you'll indulge me. Um, Sure. So... The business side of being in a band was always a, a big struggle for me early on. Like when I was, when I was in mm-hmm. high school and I had already finished my homework <laughs> and didn't want to think about math <laughs> and business and whatever, you know, I just wanted to play music. Right. That, you know, that was, it was an important time for me in, in separating music and keeping music what it was and honing my skills. But mm-hmm. at some point, as my band continued to grow and gain popularity, those conversations mm-hmm. started working its way in into those band meetings more, mm-hmm. more and more, mm-hmm. right? And it was always something that I kind of pushed back on. Like, let's just focus on getting better. Let's just focus on booking more shows. Let's just focus on this, you know. And there was really no band business strategy. Mm-hmm. But... The way that you just talked about your band with approaching uh, sorry, Europe um, is, you know, like from the business perspective, which I think is something that if you're really looking to pursue music, and I'm sure a decent percentage of you listening are looking to pursue, pursue music, I would just encourage you guys to be open to that conversation, to value Mm -hmm. the business side of it, because even though it's not the Mm -hmm. music side that might be fun and exciting for you, in order to actually succeed in the music industry, there is a large portion of it that is strictly business. Mm -hmm. It's a numbers game, you know, Mm -hmm. and in many cases, you're not even going to get a record deal if you're not able to produce those numbers and and show those numbers to Mm -hmm. uh, this a&R rep that's out to see you, like, hey, mm-hmm. what, what are, how are your album sales, you know, what's your mer- merch sales like? How many mm-hmm. people are you uh, having at your shows consistently? Like, you know, there's all these mm-hmm. things that play into whether you're going to have a career or get paid enough to survive as a musician or not. So, and that's mm-hmm. all business. So, yeah, as someone who is closed that, off to it, I'm just encouraging you yeah. all to be open to it because it is important Absolutely. as much as it feels like you shouldn't be focused on that and more, more so focused on the music
1: if you look at it like this if if you hate driving and you're like you know what i don't want to drive and in fact i don't want to have anything to do with automobiles and for that matter i don't want to have anything to do with any mode of transportation besides a bicycle a skateboard you know anything without a motor um and you say but boy, what I love to travel and see America. Yeah. I really want to travel. I really want to go all around America. And that's your end goal. That that that's something that is a desire of yours, it's a dream of yours. It's something that you really just have to do for yourself. If the band if playing music is traveling all around America and seeing the sights, then the business side of being in a band is your mode of transportation. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be able to carry out your dream if you don't have a mode of transportation that's going to get you where you need to go reliably, safely, right? So this metaphor is like, you might not like the thing, you might not want to talk about the thing, and you might not be interested in the thing that carries your band, but it's, it's the thing that's going to give you the opportunity for longer than just next week. right? Um, and I think a lot of people can relate to what you just said Tim yeah. uh, your your point about like uh, it doesn't it doesn't seem like i'm being uh authentic mm-hmm. if i'm talking about the business and the numbers i'm making money <laughs> about making money mm-hmm. i want it to just be this creative thing yeah Um, And and that's why you have business managers and managers and booking agents so that you don't have to involve yourself as much in that Mm -hmm. side of things.
0: Yeah. It might be interesting to actually bring someone on the podcast, maybe in 2023, um, who Mm -hmm. could actually speak into the business side of the music industry a little bit. And we can kind of pick their brain and they can share some insights and some tips um, uh, for because I think that would be really beneficial for a lot of you listening, um, Mm -hmm. because I know. At at one point, it would have been. I would have. You know, I mean, they didn't really have Google like they do now. When I was in high school, (laughs) you couldn't find every answer. They didn't really have (laughs) Google. Google wasn't (laughs) really Google was there, but it wasn't the Google YouTube. See, the way I see Google now is it's like just a conglomeration of a number of different sources of information. Absolutely, they is actually an accurate way to portray
1: it. (laughs) To me, it sounds really funny because it's like the way that some people talk about the internet. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really like that. Oh, that. That just made my day. <laughs> oh, that was nice. That funny. <laughs> anyway,
0: <laughs> we've got some <laughs> cool topics for you, uh, today. And, um, <laughs> this is the last episode before our Christmas episode, which comes out on Christmas day, the 25th. Um, so Matt, it's uh, the season yep. of advent. What are you mm-hmm. uh, what are you doing to celebrate Christmas? Have you put any decorations up? Are you uh, making well, I know, any new I know what you're traditions doing with for the season of advent?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I wasn't going to mention it. <laughs> but <laughs> advent calendar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um I ho- wait, hold on before we get to that. I just thought of something that I want to talk about. Okay. Have have you ever have you ever let's say you're out somewhere. Yeah. Let's say you're at the mall. Okay. And you are people watching Mm -hmm. as an introvert, and you're looking around, and you're observing, and you see someone um, make a face (laughs) at somebody else, and this face that they're making is like a listening face, right? So someone else is talking, Mm -hmm. and they're like, I'm going to listen to this person, and I'm going to show interest in what they have to say with my facial expression. Yeah. And the first face that they make is pretty funny. And you just can't believe that there's even more movement and flexibility in their (laughs) face to be able to make even more expressions. This happened to me recently. And I laughed so hard, I started crying. (laughs) Annie was like, Matt, are you all right? Did something happen? I said, I I can't contain how (laughs) how funny this is. I'll tell you exactly what it reminded me of, which is actually what made me laugh even harder to the point of crying. Okay. Have you seen the guy on the Instagram (laughs) who plays all the instruments in his band and he's like, he's like playing bass and he's like, yes, yes, and then the drummer, he's also the drummer and he's like, yeah, yeah. and if you can't see this video, he's, he is grooving, I guess you would say, or he's, He's, he's excited about what mm-hmm. the other person is playing in his band, which is actually him. It's just cut in a way where he's playing on the instruments. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the faces he makes are incredible. I really, it really makes me laugh. And, and what happened to me recently was I saw someone make these, <laughs> these kind of faces. <laughs> and the glasses uh, on this guy's face uh, somehow stayed on his nose. I, I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't just like fly off because of how much <laughs> movement there was. find something funny uh during the course of this week yeah okay this episode's coming out on the 10th Find just look around people are hysterical (laughs) if you really stop and look around and observe (laughs) i can count on maybe two hands the amount of times i've cried because something was so funny yeah um but boy boy that really made me laugh (laughs) I didn't, and no, not, they, I didn't know I'm not no, i am not i am not doing there. anything for for advent you're not just doing, answer yeah. your question <laughs>
0: <laughs> um we um this is your first christmas so, uh, uh, uh married to annie so like what's yeah like, do you have traditions yeah. that you're thinking about starting or
1: yeah so I got I got home last sunday and we decided we want to have a few traditions yeah that this December we're going to start and, and carry out for the rest of our lives. So the one is we'd like to volunteer somewhere at least one time over the holidays. Nice. Uh, there's a place in Mannheim called Jubilee that I would like to volunteer at. It's like a secondhand you know, consignment shop where people can donate their clothing and you can go in and you can help organize it. Cool. Um, we'd also like to go to um, a retirement home and... I will hold the sheet music and Annie can sing the Christmas carols because she has a really good voice and I'll just sort of assist her. Yeah. But I think it'd be really cool to go around and uh, sing some Christmas carols and just, you know, hopefully brighten some people's days. Uh, those are two of our ambitions. The The third is to go winter camping at my pond. Nice. I have a, a pond and I have a bunch of pine trees and I'd, I'd like to – uh, taking any out hopefully it snows so it can be the full experience mm. she's not totally sure about it because it's it's cold yeah she's like she's like matt i what if it like what if it's really cold <laughs> i said babe it's gonna be really cold but they make mummy sleeping bags mm. uh that are good for negative 20 degrees and um you know we live two miles away. Yeah, <laughs> if it's that bad, we could just, just drive leave. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's cool, man. I like that. Uh, we have a couple, couple things, and, and then on the Advent calendar uh, topic, we have actually an Advent devotional nice. that she bought. Um, it's been pretty cool to read. Actually, we usually read it at night, and um, just talks about some of the things that we can be thinking about heading into Christmas. Yeah, that's
0: cool, man. I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What about you?
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, Christmas is um, is fun for us now. Uh, the, the kids are at the right age. Um, yeah. So we just worked in um, the Elf on the Shelf this year, which I guess is pretty controversial, supposedly. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're basically, we uh-huh. uh, <clears throat> were like, hey, you know, there's this elf that's going to show up every day. And he's not... He's not judging you, and he's not watching out for, like, bad things that you do. That's not what it's about. Uh-huh. He's just here because it's fun to find them every morning. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. like, <laughs>
1: like
0: took it, a good spin. Basically took it to the simplest form <laughs> to not <laughs> force my child to... Be a perfect <laughs> angel, <laughs> you right. know, as much as I might <laughs> want to at times. Um, <laughs> so, oh, look who's watching! Uh, he's gonna report yeah. back to Santa, you know. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this this time of year is funny, uh, fun because everything's new for my youngest. So there's this wonder yeah. of like, oh my gosh, a tree with lights yeah. and ornaments. My goodness! Absolutely. And then for the older one, you know, just the excitement and the anticipation, and uh, he loves. He just eats eats up the tradition. You know, the Christmas movies yeah. and the eggnog, and he always wants to put fires on in the fireplace. And, you know, so it's like he's he is all about this time of year, yeah. as I guess any five-year-old would be. Um, but that makes it Absolutely. exciting for me in a way that That's it hasn't cool. been, you know, in a long time. So we're doing the advent That's calendars really cool. and the decorations and the, you know, mm-hmm. meeting Santa, taking pictures of Santa, whatever, all that. You know, pretty much whatever he wants to do. We're <laughs> we're
1: what's, do what's your... Uh... What's your advent calendar like? Limited <laughs> question. Uh, mine or the kids?
0: <laughs> uh, there, so we is have there f- cho-
1: We have four. chocolate. It's not
0: chocolate. Um, <laughs> I have four. Okay. <laughs> so my whiskey calendar. Daddy's whiskey calendar. Uh, my, I just, I just gave it away. D- Daddy's whiskey <laughs> <laughs> calendar. It is an advent calendar with whiskey. Yes. <laughs> Every day, a new one to I try. I didn't know that. Yeah, d- you didn't wow. know that. Um, <laughs> huh.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. No, it's it is it's
0: a lot of fun. Um for those of you that don't know uh that are listening, I do like whiskey. Um quite a bit. Mm-hmm.
1: And my wife got me a
0: uh, a whiskey <laughs> advent calendar. Quite a uh, bit. Yeah. I don't drink all the time, but but now I do because I have this advent calendar. Yeah. <laughs> uh
1: All right. <laughs> on that note, our faith topic. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, we always start with the drum topic. So <laughs> our drum topic today is your first drum set and how you played it. Yeah. So the first part of this topic is something we've talked about once uh, in detail, I would say. But mm-hmm. the tag is, is what makes this fun. So the reason that it's important to know how you played it is it, it takes you back to what you fell in love with about drumming and how little you knew. Mm-hmm. And have you ever thought about that? Yeah. The fact that you started to play drums, but you really didn't know anything about it. hmm Yeah. And I've been playing for 20 years now, and I still feel like, you know, in some ways I know a, a lot about my instrument and how to play it. And then in other ways it's like, oh, man. It's so wild to me that I started playing this instrument 20 years ago, and I, I just I don't feel like it's been, A, that long, and B all that much has happened between then and now in my brain and my body. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, to me, it really speaks to how much God gives us internally. That's innate, you know, both in our brain and our ability physically to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I, I started playing when I was 15. I had only been alive 15 years before I started playing this instrument. And only two years after that, I recorded... Uh, my first album Mm. and then four years after I started playing I recorded Thrill Seeker and I'm relearning some of those songs on Thrill Seeker now and I'm like how in the world did I come up with that stuff Mm. I mean people would say that to me in the moment how did you come up with this after Thrill Seeker came out but now I am looking at it and I'm going how in the world did I come up with that at the time it didn't seem like anything special or significant of course you can write this stuff you just have to practice but to me now, I look back and I'm like, man, this is just something that I was designed to do. Mm. And I, I say that in a way that's like, I, I don't look at myself as, as anyone that can really brag about um, who I am or where, I've, or where I've gotten to. It's just like, I'm, in, I'm amazed that that I found the thing that I was supposed to do and that years and years later, I can look back and be like, how? Mm. How did I find drums? It doesn't exist anywhere in my family. It would have been asinine to tell my grandpa that I was going to play drums. Mm. Like that didn't exist in his world. Right. So I look back at my first kit and what happened was I was taking piano lessons for four years. I was homeschooled and music was a part of your credits. At the end of every year, being a homeschooled student, you had to be evaluated. Right. Mm-hmm. And your evaluator would, would have you over to their house um, or meet in a, uh, maybe sometimes they came to your house. I think that might have actually happened with us because I have so many siblings. <laughs> it's just easier. And um, they'd sit down and you would present this binder full of the subjects that you worked on and documentation of, of, of what you were doing and how mm-hmm. you scored. And then he would sign off on your year and say, okay, you passed seventh grade. Now you're going to eighth. Yeah. Right. And he would write, a, he would write what's called an evaluation, and I believe it would get submitted to the state, okay, to prove that you were good to go. Yeah. Okay. So music was a pretty big part of this. I mean, it was like English, math, science, music. Um, were the biggies that I can remember. Right. There were really wasn't much geography <laughs> or anything like that. I learned that in the band years later. <laughs> um, so piano, okay, that's just kind of the go-to. Played for four years. At the very, at the very end of my time playing piano, I remember being in the passenger seat of my mom's station wagon, driving home from piano lessons, and on the dashboard of the car, I was playing one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five with the digits on my hands and I'm thinking, how in the world does this not line up? I have five fingers. I'm counting five and it's not in time, It's starting on a different finger each time. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I remember thinking, I want to play drums. I like rhythm more than I like melody. And so I asked my dad and he's like, nope, you like BMX, then it was skateboarding, then it was motocross. This is just gonna be an expensive hobby and a line of phases. Which, to his point, is a pretty good point. Yeah, I was like 14 or 15 years old. So he said, get a snare drum. After a year, if you're still playing, you can buy a drum set. I didn't love it, but I stuck with it because I wanted the drum set. One year later, I wrote a check for $850 to a friend of my brother's for his Pearl Export. He was in a Metallica cover band. Chrome finish, huge toms. I'm looking back now, and I'm like, I think the thing had... Um, 12, 13, 16-inch toms. Mm. And I think the 12 and 13 were like 10 inches and you know eleven inches deep. So they Jeez. you had to bank them yeah, yeah. to get them mm-hmm. to, to, to any legitimate height to play. Right. Did did I have man, did I have a great time with that kit? And it 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 only had a single bass pedal, so no double kick, but I started playing drum set. yeah, And most of my time was hi-hat, kick and snare. Yeah, Right hand over left hand, going through the first groups. How do I do this? What do I do? What do other people do? I can't do that. I have to practice to be able to, so on and so forth. I started going to shows in the area, and I was like, I really like punk. I really like pop punk. And being a homeschooled kid who had some social issues, um, I stuttered, I was insecure, I was bashful. I really just wanted to fit in. And this was a world that I felt like I could, mm-hmm. like I did. It was, it was different than my friends at homeschool group. It was different than the kids I had known growing up. And um, I eventually convinced someone to let me in their band after their drummer <laughs> quit. And I still have the cassette tape of the songs they wanted me to learn. Wow. I went home, I learned them and we had one or two practices together. Band broke up, I never played a show. Oh. A couple months later, I met the guys that I would go on to start I'll Experience Red with. Wild. Bought my second drum set, which was a Mapex M series from my favorite drummer, uh, Jesse Smith. He played for the band Zeo. Mm-hmm. My dad drove me to York. I bought this drum set and it had a double bass pedal. And from, from there on out, everything started to change. Yeah, uh, I really found my home, I, I found my style, I found what I wanted to do, and, and I had what I needed to do to do it. Mm. And it wasn't just like hi-hat, kick and snare anymore, it was like, oh wait, I have this whole world over here to my right, Tom's and Ride and Crash yeah. and eventually China. And uh, I had that kit for a while, I recorded a couple albums with it, including Thrill Seeker. And uh, from there I got A Pearl, Had a Pearl for messengers. It was kind of purplish. That's kind of my mystery kit. I don't remember where it went. I don't really remember even what kind of Pearl it was. Hmm. Um, But I know I got it because my first kit was a Pearl export. And I I think I stuck with Pearl because of that. And then I got a, I got an, I think I got a call one day from Tim at Truth Drums. And he's like, hey, we'd love to sign you and uh, signed a deal with Truth and had a bunch of kits through them. Had a signature kit. Right. Sold a hundred, you know, hundred kits. And and then uh, in 2013, I signed with DW, and I've been with them ever since. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I always forget how similar our stories line up. Um, really? Yeah. Just uh, you know, in um, the what it took to get my my first real kit, you know. Being told yeah. you have a year to practice. If you practice every day for an entire year, we'll get you a kit. <laughs> you're allowed to have a drum kit, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: and you know. The ho- and you're like a year. Oh my yeah, it, gosh. it sounded like a lot, but I practiced my paradiddles every day <laughs> for a year. Uh, and then I had a I had a Mapex um, M series as well. Uh, that was the, I did not know that. That was the kit that I purchased. Um, it wasn't my oh, first yeah. kit, but it was the kit that I purchased um, second, I think. Um, so pretty, w- wow. pretty wild. That is so um, wild. Yeah, yeah. That that M series. That's a great. It's a great kit. I recorded with that as well, and so it's, great kit. it sounds really good. I um,
1: still. I sold that kit, and I, I ended up buying it back. Yeah. Um, the bottom line is, I bought the kit two times. Both times for too much money. Mm. And the first time, I was told it was a mapex orion which is as high as it goes and the badges were taken off and i later walked in drums etc i was like that's my kit burnt orange same exact sizes fusion setup (laughs) badges were on m series 800 so i'm like oh my gosh i paid twice that yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i don't care
0: (laughs) yeah yeah uh i was thinking about something while you were talking and and I actually was picturing myself prior to having a kit, and the difference just like mentally go like going after the kit, like the zeal that I had before I had a drum set was to the point, so I was, I mean, this is, I was really young. <clears throat> I got my first kitty kit when I was six. Up mm-hmm. until that point, I was building my own kits out of pots and pans and spoons and stuff. But... Um, Even after I got my kitty kit, I was still fascinated with real drum sets. So I just remember like almost every Sunday going up to the stage after church and just asking if I could play, even just like sit down and just play something for a minute. Um, And oftentimes I was told, no, we have to break down the kit, put everything away, or no, it's too loud, people are talking, whatever. Um, But I just remember (laughs) I didn't really care if I got any time on this drum set it was incredible like it was just the yeah. best thing ever um, and now i just think about like if i see a kit it's just it's just a drum kit you know there's just a yeah. drum set sitting up there and even if someone asked me hey you want to hop on and play i'd probably say no like i mean right. that's, <laughs> nah, that's all right and if if i did decide to go up and sit there i'd be moving some stuff around, I'd be like, ah, what do I play? Like, ah, this is so awkward. Like, what? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, and it's so different now than what it was before having a kit. And then as soon as I got a kit and then got a better kit and then another, you know, um, now I I have a DW as well. So our trajectory was
1: very similar. Um, Wait, Tim. Yeah. You just raised a good point I want to just talk about a little bit. I saw something this morning about... When you were a kid and you wanted to play baseball, you would find a baseball bat and a baseball and you'd start playing baseball. Mm-hmm. You didn't think about what it would give you, what it would cost, yeah. Uh, how it might affect you if you might not be great at it. You just did it, mm-hmm. And as soon as you were done and didn't want to do it anymore, you said, okay, I'm done. Yeah. And that's another quality that kind of parallels what you were just talking about. How when you're a kid, you see a drum set, you're like, "Oh my gosh, absolutely, I want to play." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how much time you have with it. It doesn't matter what you get out of it. You just know it's going to be fun, mm-hmm. and you can't wait to do it. Yeah. yeah that's right. I mean, I, I even
0: contrast like, I don't know, ten, fifteen years ago, you know, when I I did have a kit. But man, if I knew that I had a DW kit with all the Zildjian symbols that I could ever want, <laughs> sitting downstairs, mic'd up and ready to go Mikes in a soundproof up. room. <laughs> Every chance that I got, I would be down here <laughs> playing to like, my heart's nah. delight. And now it's like Advent calendar. Yeah, let's let's break into the whiskey advent calendar. <laughs> or let's see what's on Netflix. Or, you know, it's just so different. And, I know. You know, I mean, I know. I still have the zeal for it. Every time I sit down and I play <laughs> I am reignited and I can't get myself to stop to the point where I sometimes I can't I can't actually allow myself to sit down on the kit because I know I am going to you're going to lose much. other respons I'm going to you know there's responsibilities that I have that I'm going to ignore if I sit down on the kit because sitting on the kit is not a 5 minute mm-hmm. experiment it's not a mm-hmm. let me just you know Get on here and then jump off real quick. It's like I I have a hypothetical for you. I can't
1: get away. Like it's hypothetical. You, your income. Let's just say your income is sixty thousand dollars a year. Mm -hmm. Okay, with your job, and let's say someone presents an opportunity to you where you can work instead of working fifty hours a week. Let's say sixty. I think you're probably working sixty. Yeah. Sixty hours a week. You can work thirty. Your wife's okay with it, and You'll get paid half as much, but you have to play drums for 30, for 30 hours a week to, to you know, hit your 60, and you'll get paid the, the remainder mm-hmm. of your income yeah. to hit 60. So exactly the same income, yeah. half the amount of work at your real job, you get to play drums for 30 hours a week. What would you do? Oh, I'd take that 100%. Would you really? Oh, yeah.
0: I would way rather play drums than just about anything else other than like spend time with my kids. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, there's a lot of things that I do, and this is I guess a clarification that needs to be made. There's a lot of things that I do because I have to, (laughs) because Mm -hmm. if I don't do them, they don't get done. And if they don't get done, that's not a good thing. Um, So there's a certain sense of responsibility that's just like I, you know, this has to be done. And so even though it's not something I enjoy doing more than drumming yeah it's a higher priority because yeah. it has to get done drumming drumming will always be here for me, and that's one of the things I love about it too. you know music in general is something that I always just know it's always there for me you know it's I can mm-hmm. always go back to it it's always something that I you know run to in times of despair and <laughs> you know it mm-hmm. uh helps me no matter what I'm feeling but it's um It's not as high on the priority list as I'd like it to be, of course. Um, And that's just, you know, something that I'm sure a lot of people struggle with and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. have to deal with. Because if you're not, um, you know, if it's, if, so this is like the ultimate struggle and kind of the conundrum here is that it, if you have to do it, it becomes a chore. I know. And right now for me, I don't have to do it. I, I just want to do it. And when I get to mm-hmm. do it, it's that much more valuable and that much more exciting.
1: Um, you know, I want to talk about that. So, this is the whole reason I brought up this yeah. topic, Tim Anderson. <laughs> when you started playing drums, there were no neurological trails in your brain as far as drumming is concerned. Yeah. It was, it was the gladiator wheat field three feet tall, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And when you started playing, you started to walk down some of those paths, good or bad, Mm -hmm. right? It was a fresh canvas. 20 years in, I'm at the point where I'm having to start to retrain my brain in some ways. Yeah. And that's the whole reason I thought about this. How do you get back to having, what the Bible talks about is like, childlike faith it's like there's something about being a kid yeah a child that is um in some ways you can envy it you know because as you get older you you're starting to throw some paint on the canvas good or bad and it's not a fresh canvas anymore it has some wear it, it has some beauty yeah right and um what what i mean is when i sit down to play i have the guitar center on the three foot drive on the three-foot drum riser with the spotlights on it mentality. We've talked about this a couple times. We grew up in a generation where when you see a drum set, it's off the ground, lit up, and when you sit down, you better lay into it. Mm -hmm. And that is not great. And I'm experiencing that because when I sit down, my heart rate goes up, my palms get sweaty, and I don't play the same way as when I'm by myself with no one watching, no one listening. Yeah. And I wish I did because I play better and I have more fun when the red light isn't blinking on the camera. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's wild how mental this is. But I started thinking about when I first started playing, you didn't have any of that because there weren't expectations That's for right. you. Yeah. It yeah. It, it, it was only what, what is possible here. I'm a beginner, I've never played before, and you really can only impress people. There wouldn't be many people that would say, He just started playing drums. He's pretty bad. Well, when did he start? Last week. Oh, well, he, he just started. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more people saying, Wow. He's really he's only been playing a week mm. or a year or a couple of years, you know. Right. And and this is the case with anything. If you're known for something then you live in the spotlight of how good you are at that thing in contrast with how long you've been doing that That's thing. Right. And what this speaks to, as I'm thinking about this and learning about it, is how much do you value the opinion of other people? Um, I was listening to Jordan Peterson a little bit this morning talk about truth. And he's like, when I'm talking about something, I, came, I had to arrive at the place where I said, I don't really care not only if someone disagrees with me, but if, if I don't even convince the person that I'm talking to mm. about this thing, it, it doesn't matter to me because you put truth out there and you have faith in the truth doing the work, not faith in your persuasion or the fact that you can get this person to agree with you. That person's a bully. Yep. That, person's tr- that, that, that person's trying to figure it out themselves. That person might figure it out from what you said a month from now. Speak the truth. That's what matters. And I started thinking about that in terms of like, what do you think about when you sit down to play? Hmm. Is it the same mentality you had when you first started playing? No way. Yeah. If you've been playing for 20 years, no way. So what is it? And at, at, And as a performer, the reason we talk so much about the mental game is because that's so large a component of it. Right. So think about this. If you're listening, what was it like when you first started playing drums, when you sat down to play? Were you thinking about what other people thought? Were you thinking about what people expected? Or were you thinking, man, this is cool. I wanna try Mm. to play that drum beat that I heard. Or wait, there's a drum beat. Okay, what if I do this snare here, this kick here? And your creative juices are, 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 are getting all of the attention. There's nothing else that's steering you away from the thing. Yeah. Like, what does that person think? Am I performing well? Am I living That's up to right. that expectation? That's all draining from the pool. Mm-hmm. That was once full of water just for creativity, just for playing. And now it's divided mm-hmm. so many different ways. Yeah. It's wild. It is
0: wild. I was, like, even, like, bringing it to the point of, like, when, when you were performing, but just years years before, you know, years before it was... Mm-hmm. More serious, you know, when you were just quote unquote having fun with it, you know, I just like think back to the songs that I chose to perform in front of people, you know, like, you know, all covers at that point, you know, but like, yeah. you know, I was, I was, I felt like I was showing off and I was proud of just playing like a, dance, 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 I know. dance, dance, dance. <laughs> you know, and that's like, <laughs> and then, and that was like, and then, <laughs> da, 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 yeah. Doo, 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 boom, yeah, if I could get all the way around the three toms, you know, that was really cool, um, yeah, and hey, it's still cool, it's still cool, anyway. yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> nice, <tip>. no, <laughs> it is, it's still cool, I just like that you're there, like, by the way, it is It is still, still cool, okay, Um, that. but just, like, now, like, I, I'm like, nah, that's not cool enough to share with people. Nah, that's not cool enough to post up on Instagram. Like, I'm, I'm not going to share that. Like, why would I share that? Like, there's nothing impressive about mm-hmm. that. And that's like, I'm scrutinizing myself, you mm-hmm. know? And that's just a completely different perspective than when I was just in love with drums. It didn't matter what I was mm-hmm. playing. Like, I just wanted mm-hmm. to play it, and it was exciting to play it in front of people.
1: It was exciting Mm -hmm.
0: to share that with people, regardless of how technical or advanced it was. You know, it's just fun, and that's all that mattered. Mm -hmm. And I think it's Mm -hmm. important to get back to that place as a drummer, Mm -hmm. or at least least recognize it and remember it like we're doing now. Like, just recognize that it's a part of you and it's why you're doing this or why you're still doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, ultimately, you wouldn't be doing it anymore if it wasn't, for this desire in the first place. You know, if there wasn't-
1: if Think that, about yeah. it when you're playing, Yeah, which it, to your point is acknowledging it. Like it's, it's going to take me probably a long time to retrain my brain to play in a way that is the way I play when no one's watching, mm-hmm. right? As Soon as there's people watching, there's people in the room, it's being filmed. My body goes into this auto mode based on years of doing that. Mm-hmm. But I think the solution is exactly like you just said. You have to think about it at least just a little bit while you're playing. Mm-hmm. Think about what it was like when you first started. Think about what it's like when no one's watching you and you just have the pure joy of playing in your practice space by yourself, figuring this stuff out. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to eventually retrain your body and your brain to get back to that point. Mm-hmm. But the baseline for all this is that it's good that you started playing That's drums, right. and when you started, you started for really good reasons. And as you look back, you'll see how far away from that start did I did I go, mm-hmm. good and
0: bad. Right.
1: And how can I how can I align with some of the pros, and um, how can I you know recognize the pros of starting, that is, mm-hmm. and how can I recognize some of the improvements i made since then? Because there's both of those things. Like, you're off track over here, get back to the pros of why you started. You're doing really well over here, recognize that, and keep keep doing that. Right. And then you can sort of align the two and be like, okay, now I'm sitting down in front of a thousand people playing drums in a way that I'm really stoked about. Like, I'm playing with more of a loose, you know, fluidity because I'm not scared that I'm going to mess up. I'm not scared of what people think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm playing from this place of like, this is only fun and only impressive. The expectations I have for myself are that I enjoy this, I do the best I can, and that um, I I get to do this, just like I felt in the very beginning when I started playing. Yep, that's right.
0: My takeaway is I want to play this DW Collectors like I played my Rockwood by Honer. <laughs> there you
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> that's where my head's at right now. <laughs> Cover photo for this is... Your My first drum set and I'm what you have now. With duct
0: tape and gauze taped to the heads. It's fantastic. I like that. I can't wait to
1: see that picture actually. <laughs> I have to see if I can find one. Man. Huge toms. Yeah. Man. Good times. Good times. Well, that was good. Yeah. Well that that's good. that's a great topic and uh it's very relevant for me right now. And I, I hope if you're listening to this, you're you at least can recognize um two things. One, when you started can you can you picture? Can you remember what it was like to sit down for the first time, or that first week, or month, or year, and play? And what and what kind of gear were you playing? And two, what are you playing now? And what is it like when you sit down at your kit? Mm. And contrast the two, and and see where you can can align with some of the some of your roots, and also um, probably be really thankful for the kind of gear you have now because. And it's probably quite an improvement from where <laughs> you yeah, started. For sure. <laughs> for sure.
0: Doesn't make you any better of a player. That's no. <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Good marketing, though. Yeah, for Huhs sure. Him. For sure. So our next topic is uh, is one that um, I guess we've been touching on a little bit here and there over the course of the last three years. Yeah. Um, haven't hit it head-on, but I felt like we should because I think sometimes it's easy to forget where you've been, where you've come from, what you've felt. Um, so what brought this on was I was I had dinner with some, some friends of mine who recently uh, dealt with a, a difficult departure from a church. And the Mm -hmm. way that they were talking about it just brought back so many emotions and feelings and memories and, um, thoughts that I've actually, I probably shared with many of you listening over the last three years on this podcast. Um, we've talked about church hurt to an extent, um, and, you know, we're very, um, critical of the church, which is something that I hope never changes like it's something that is good, I think. But we also have we've what we've also come we've also come to the point now where we've actually, I think, developed a greater love for the church um, mm-hmm. because of everything we've gone through, despite everything we've gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sometimes easy for me just to fall back into some patterns. some bad patterns that I had fallen into prior to being hurt by the church, you know? Yeah. So like sometimes you just forget why people do things or feel a certain way, you know, like, like why haven't you started going back to church? It's like, well, Mm -hmm. it took me five years to get back to church. (laughs) This is a great point. You know, give them, Mm -hmm. give them a few months at least. Like, you know yeah. and like it so took us three these, years <laughs> these thoughts just like start coming in because you think because we're at, like the the tendency for us as humans i think is that if you're in a certain spot in life and you've gotten through certain things that everybody else should be able to know how to deal with it the way that you mm-hmm. dealt with it even if they haven't gotten there yet. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and we just have this expectation that we put on people or at least I do because that's my personality for whatever reason. Um, mm-hmm. I am trying not to be as quick to judge or quick to put things on people, but ultimately that that's where my thoughts go. It's like, well, you know, it's not that hard. Come on, get over it. Like, <laughs> you know, but are i
1: saying that when you see someone, let's say someone posts something about deconstructionism, mm-hmm. Or like the prosperity gospel, or uh, some 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 detail in the church. You're like, oh come on! Like you're what have you? You're a Christian, and you're and you're and you're just you're just finding every little thing you can about Christianity to write it. I off. just find myself always like if if I've
0: gone through it and I've experienced it and I've dealt with it, or I have in my mind yeah moved past it or gotten right. further along in life, like. Whenever yeah. someone's still in that spot, it's like, come on, man. Are you serious? Yep. But I just completely mm-hmm. like <laughs> deflect the fact that I was there and I, I experienced know. that and I thought that way too. Um and I also just like forget that maybe I still have it wrong somewhere. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. still struggling mm-hmm. with something. In fact, I am still struggling with yeah. something. I'm still <laughs> learning something. Um and so I felt like it was important for us to talk about church hurt um, and how we've dealt with it and um, how to continue dealing with it um, while it's fresh on the brain. You know, I feel like we've mm-hmm. kind of come almost like full circle over the last three years in many ways. Um, but I don't necessarily want to come full circle. I don't want to go, I don't want to do a 180, you know, I want to do, I want to move forward. I want
1: to mm-hmm so all right I have something to bring to all this all right go go for it it's it's um <sighs> might be a rabbit trail mm-hmm. but let me try Russell Wilson is maybe the most hated athlete in the NFL right now and it fascinates me because I really looked up to Russell Wilson years ago mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I'm not saying I don't currently but I it is obvious that he is, he is being assaulted, especially online with just negative mm. comments and um, commentary. And it's like, okay, he's having a really bad year, and he's getting paid a lot of money. Those two things are new. The one thing is new for him. He's always been getting paid, but he's not playing well, and that's different than his time in Seattle at least for most of it. But, um, but, there's, but, but I think it brings up a point about the way the world works, and it's that people love to watch someone burn. Mm-hmm. People root for, for the downfall of someone. And I think especially, especially in America, people root for the downfall of someone who looks like an upstanding person, athlete, um, person of faith. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson's been attached to the church and he, he has a lot of what I think are good things to say about God and uh, about your mentality as a leader right. uh, on a team and humility and all this stuff. And, and I, it's easy to see that people just love to watch him burn right now. And I think this, this is kind of parallel to what happens in a church, um, in that, when someone in the church goes down, or when something is exposed, people love to elevate that downfall or that shortcoming. Yeah. Because I think because there's a part of us that says, "I knew it. I knew that there was no way that person actually was good." Mm. Or that that person actually meant what they said when they said that. Yeah. Or that that person was living that kind of life. And really look at that. I knew it. I knew it. They're just like me, or they're just like those other hypocrites. Mm-hmm. And this is nothing new. This has been happening for hundreds yeah. and hundreds of years. But uh, I can't help but think of Russell Wilson and and just the type of language you hear when you hear about him now. Yeah. And... um. Whether or not it's true that he has the, you know, hero savior complex, and he comes into a team and he and he's all that and he's gonna lift everybody else up, but you try to call him, you're not gonna get a hold of him, and you know, I it, I don't know, I don't know the guy, but it is easy to see if you look around that people love the fact that he's doing terribly this season and that he's still hanging on to this idea of like movie star you know persona of like nothing can hurt him nothing can bring him down god is there for him he loves god he loves his wife his family and he's there to help people and bring them up hmm. and uh that that's kind of like the church anyway yeah. yeah with the celebrity culture that we have pe- pe- people love to um see see those kind of people fall that's true that's true
0: yeah uh, you know it's it is easy to like just follow that that rabbit trail, especially when there's just, you know, any sense of hurt that's still mm-hmm. lingering, you know, if you're still dealing with that, it's it's really easy just to hop on. I found myself doing it even the other night at dinner, you know, like, I was like, yeah, yeah, this is why I experienced and, you know, this is why it's terrible and, you know, but then it was mm-hmm. like, okay, let's bring it back to positivity because look at... What has happened? Look at what has come Mm -hmm. of it. Look at you know, um, and you know I hate to always just bring it back to perspective, but I think the best thing you can can have in anything, church hurt, just the pain of life, the best thing Mm -hmm. you can have is perspective. It's you know there is a line actually by from Reliant K, and I forget which song it is, but the the line is perspective is a lovely hand to hold Um, when the Mm -hmm. nightmare. Uh, ever does unfold. Perspective is a lovely handhold, and it's uh, mm. really um, so true. It's like you know when you have that perspective, um, you're kind of seeing everything unfold and in front of you, but you're able to kind of piece it together. you're able to make mm-hmm. sense of it. you're able to see the good in it, recognize the bad, but still see the good um, and then move forward. With it, you know, it's just like mm-hmm. when you see the path, you it's that much easier to follow it, <laughs> right? When mm-hmm. when you're in complete disarray and chaos, and you don't know which way's left and which way's right, it's you know really hard. Um, and that doesn't mean that we're not going to experience that, and that we're at fault for not having that perspective. But there should always be that drive to gain perspective. And I think like um, that is something that I need to remember now. I've healed from a mm-hmm. lot of the things that have happened. That doesn't mean that I don't get triggered when I think about it. <laughs> you know, uh, mm-hmm. when I see injustice, especially in the church, it hurts more because I've experienced it and because I love the church. And that's a perspective I've only recently gained. You know, before I thought mm-hmm. I just like this. This is an awful thing, and I need to expose it. But now it's like. Mm-hmm we do need to expose it. We do need to correct it. But the only reason it's, it matters so much to me is because I love it so
1: much. I I think it has to, I think you bring up a, a really interesting point that kind of goes back to what we were talking about. And for me, the word that keeps coming to mind is truth. Mm. Yeah. I think when there's, I think when there's church hurt, you have this idea of what something is mm-hmm. Christians, the church, a pastor. And someone did something that didn't align with your idea of what that person is or what that thing is. Okay. That is hurtful because now you, you thought wrong, but guess what? Now, you know more. It's like, that's not what it Mm -hmm. is. The truth is actually something different than that. So for example, you think that a Christian, you're not a Christian, but you go to church and you think that a Christian means someone who never lies And someone lies to you at church, in church, you find out and you go, what? I knew it. These people are not honest. Hmm. But the thing is, I would say that too. And I am a Christian. I would say that Christians are not honest because they're just people. Mm -hmm. So now you know that Christians are not honest. Great. That's your baseline. Start from there. Is Christ honest? Is Jesus honest? Yes. Mm -hmm. Does Jesus say that Christians are capable of being dishonest? Yes okay well actually wait a second it aligns with what the right. faith says what yep. the Bible says That's right so now you have a better idea of what the truth is we've learned things you and I have learned things over the past five years that we that made us think otherwise about something mm-hmm. and it sucks because you have to you have to re you have to reinvest yourself in something that came up short yeah but guess what you have a better idea of what the truth is now so in your pursuit of what's true look at it this way you now know more than you did before this thing happened Mm -hmm. but it does require you to go back yep and for me what happened was i saw someone older than me that was cynical 20 years older than me and i thought there's no way i want to be that guy and if I keep going down this road of cynicism and writing everything off just because of this church hurt, I'm going to be that guy. I'm probably going to be worse. Mm-hmm. And I refuse, to, I refuse to do that. And so I, you know, it wasn't that hard, but you just say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try again. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to church and I'm going to be transparent and open myself up to this, knowing a little bit, bit more about what is actually real and true. Mm-hmm. And okay, actually, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I've seen some of that same thing that I've seen the same thing I saw before, but now I'm not expecting it to be different. It's like, yeah, I know that's the case. Mm-hmm. I learned that the last time. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I can't, I can't go back to that place. It's different than what I thought it would be. Or I, I can't talk to that person again. Maybe look at it and say, well, now you know more than you did before. Are you willing to reinvest in this? or are you going to just stay the course and what are you going to be in 20 years? Yeah. Yeah. What's it going to look like? Mm
0: -hmm. Right. How, how different differently are you going to think? so what, when I'm saying this, I'm talking about the big C church, whenever I'm saying church, I'm just saying big C church. I'm not saying that if you got hurt and you had a really bad experience at a church, you know, Mm -hmm. just forgive and forget, go back, pretend like it never, never happened. Like that's not what I'm saying (laughs) at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not what I've done. Um, You know, you do have to, um, consider, uh, yourself and the experiences and the people that you put around you. Um, but I think there's a, there's a few steps here. So like one thing that I'm, and I guess what I'm getting is that I keep finding myself falling into the same pattern just over and over and over again, no matter where I'm at in life, what I've done, I'm always being like, well, you're not as, um, you haven't, you don't know yet. Like... Just wait, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like that idea of I not not that I'm above anybody, but just like, um. yeah, I mean, it kind of is that like it's kind of like thinking like I'm above you because I've experienced this <laughs> and I know better. Actually, yeah, it is that. It, yeah, it's like that <laughs> I know better mentality. But in reality, we're all going through something. We're all experiencing things different. And, um, you know, so, like for me, it's it just it when it's like, when it's with the church, it's like, I was scrutinizing myself for so long. It's like, how did I, why did I ignore all those red flags? You know, this happened and this happened and this happened. And I still went to church and I still did this. And I still, you know, how did, how did that happen? How did I miss this? Like, how, like, why is it dawning on me now? And, and Mm -hmm. so because of that, it almost leads me to be like, you guys are all missing these red flags. You guys are all mm-hmm. like how, you know, what does that say about you? If, the, But it's like, what does that say about me? I, I was, you know, I was there too, not that long mm-hmm. ago. Um, and did I like pick up on some things? Yeah, like now I'm here. It's great. I experienced it, you know, <laughs> what I wish it on anyone, no. Um, but like I also then, you know, it's just like every stage of life, it's like I'm just trying to correct the same patterns of mm-hmm. like, superiority or something like I, I don't even know what to call it it's just like this thing that keeps on happening that I feel because I've advanced in life or I've made certain decisions that now now mm-hmm. I've achieved full mm-hmm. knowledge uh, <laughs> you know that's, I have to keep bringing myself that's back called to religion it is right and you just that's called get religion stuck in that loop even when you feel like you're not religious like you're trying so hard to fight the very thing that you're you know helping along. <laughs> it's yeah. you know, it's uh So yeah, so church heart I guess there's a few things that I was hoping to to get out of this. One um if you're in a church and you haven't experienced hurt, great. That is mm-hmm. awesome. That I'm I am beyond happy for you uh and I hope that there is never a time where you do have to experience church hurt right um if you have experienced church hurt and you're not in church and you have uh abandoned the faith listen I get it right I totally get it that's that's where my head went when all of this was happening uh and nothing made sense and what I would mm-hmm. encourage you in this time is just look you know try to gain perspective right you know like like Matt said uh you know, are all Christians bad because of this one experience? No, of course not. Mm-hmm. Uh, are some Christians bad? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> are, are many Christians bad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now you know what to look for. Mm-hmm. Just have perspective. Uh, is Christ bad? No. Is that the basis of our faith? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, is your hurt valid? Yes. Yes. Do you need to heal from it? Do you need to process it? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're staying away from the church, never experienced church hurt, just you know of it and you're keeping the church at a distance, I get that too. All right? Right. Again, have some perspective is what I'm asking mm-hmm. you because I, as someone who, is, who has been through the hurt, left the church, not, not the faith, but left the church, now, back in church, it is just it's been a re- really rewarding process, and I'm still catching myself falling into certain tendencies, but life is a life is a ride, it's an experience mm-hmm. and I think like mm-hmm. I just don't want to lose the perspective that i had like i, I still want to be i still want to have that perspective i still want to have i want still want to be critical of certain things, but not cynical. That's the difference i think yeah. that we've brought up before mm-hmm. is like you can be i like that. critical. And you can call things out that aren't right, that aren't truth, that don't align with truth. But if you're living life as a cynic, then you're, you know, that's that middle ground area that mm-hmm. doesn't help anybody. Like it's not helping you. Mm-hmm. It's not helping anyone else. It's just, you know, so,
1: um, yeah, that's, that's kind of that's where good. I wanted to go with it. That's end there. Yeah. I think that that is the best place to end. And uh, I'm, I'm, I am I'm glad that we've been able to get to this place three years later that we are. That's right. And um, to your point, I'm going to um, continue to remember where I was mm-hmm. when I become judgmental towards someone else or think about someone else being in the same place I was and being like, why? Just get over it. Yeah. So thank, thanks for bringing this up. And uh, thank you to those of you that have been able to listen to this and support us. Um, This year specifically the inner circle. Yes, it's because of you guys and girls that we were able to do this podcast every two weeks Um, And we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. This is the last episode before Christmas Mm -hmm. The next one comes out on Christmas Day. That's right. And uh, if you're interested in helping us out um, Becoming part of the inner circle. You can do that. You can support us. We have several different tiers with different um, Benefits Uh, Perks, if you will, uh, starting at $2 a month and going up from there. Mm -hmm. And uh, feel free to send us your drumming videos so we can repost on our social media accounts. That's right. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you, Tim. Yeah, thank you. It's been wonderful. It has been a delight. We have one quick shout-out
0: to a new Inner Circle member, so shout-out to Mm -hmm. Zachary Hazel? Hazel. Hi, Zach.
1: Something like that thanks for joining sorry about
0: that botch that Um, yeah thank you and like Matt said if you're interested check it out patreon.com slash holy ghost notes we'd love to have you part of our incredible community and shout out to all of you inner circle members because you guys are you guys are the best
1: Mm -hmm. that's right until next time thanks buddy
0: yeah thank you
1: we'll see you on Christmas day we will be recording that's right Christmas day (laughs) peace Sith yes.